Today's episode of the Celtics Noise podcast is brought to you by the Modern Dog Boston. With one location on Dorchester Ave and a brand new location in Marina Bay, the Modern Dog Boston offers everything that your pup needs, from dog walking and play groups to do-it-yourself dog washes, professional grooming, and doggy daycare. Make sure you visit themoderndogboston.com and give your pup what it deserves. I was feeling really bad about the Celtics game um, after game one until I watched the Clippers game last night. Like I went to bed and like laid down in my bed thinking that I was not going to be able to go to sleep. I put the Clippers game on. I see them absolutely choke away the game. I see Paul George <laughs> shoot the ball off the side of the glass in a key moment, just trying to, you know, that he had a couple turnovers driving to the basket where he turned around and act like he had never been in a big, big moment before and a playmaking situation before just like throwing the ball right to the other team. And I actually went to bed with a smile on my face, which was great because that game put the Celtics loss in game one in perspective for me because it's just one game. It's not the whole series. There are a lot of things that we need to be concerned about. Most of all, the fact that the Celtics still don't know how to close a game. Uh, that was the big deal with the Raptors series. The last four games, we just couldn't hold on to a lead. We blew that lead in the fourth quarter. We blew the lead with uh, a minute left. And the Celtics need to figure that out because I think that they could be the better team in the series. I think that we have the talent, the top-end talent, to win more games in the Heat in the series and to win more games going away than the Heat in the series. The problem is if the games are going to be close, Celtics just bogged down on offense. Kemba, man, I really thought Kemba was going to have a great game one. I, I was on wax saying Kemba was going to feast on the Heat, and he didn't. He couldn't get by anybody. Even, even that play where he hit the step back on Hero, Hero was able to close that distance pretty quickly. And he's just not getting the the extra six to eight inches of separation that he needs. Goran Dragic blocks Kemba's patented uh, hesitation stop back. I call it a stop back because he doesn't really step back. He plants that left foot and he takes that huge step with his right foot. But he just like doesn't have the quick twitch right now and the quick shot to get that shot off the way that he needs. And if the Celtics are going to win this series – to me, I mean, I picked Celtics in six because I thought Kemba was going to bounce back and have a big series. But if Kemba's playing like this, it's a seven-game series, 100%. And then it's going one way or the other. Who knows what happens in a game seven, as you as we saw with the Clippers and the Nuggets tonight. Um, Celtics need Gordon Hayward as soon as possible because there's just not enough playmaking depth. And Marcus Smart, God love him, but dude – you were great tonight. You were great tonight. But you had six or seven plays on offense that were just terrible decisions. Uh, you know, everyone wants to point to the one on the fast break in the corner where he has Jalen wide open under the hoop and Robert Williams wide open under the hoop. Uh, that was a terrible shot. I yelled at the screen when that happened. But to me, it was the first quarter. We're up 10. And Marcus has like four possessions in a row where he does something awful. And Marcus is normally, yeah, he's a heat check guy, but normally he makes the right play even when he's on, even when he's hot, when he's on fire. 
it's like a rhythm shot. And he was taking, I mean, he might take one heat check shot, but today it was like four in a row. It's like, dude, what are you doing? You have all these great players on your team and and you think that you're the one that's supposed to take 15 threes. It was just like hurting my head, man, watching him play. But that's the roller coaster of Marcus. I'm not, I, I'm not going to bash Marcus today because Marcus is one of the biggest reasons that we were in that game and had the lead in the first place. Um, but he needs to he, he needs to slow his roll just a little bit, Marcus. Maybe maybe you're taking eight threes instead of what he had. How many threes did Marcus shoot? Let's take a look. Let's look at this box score. Let's do a little morning box score section here. Oh, all right. But hey, before before I look into this box score, let me just finish my thought. I went on a big tangent there. Uh, the Clippers, man. Game sevens. That's why game sevens are the greatest thing in sports because anything can happen. And Nikola Jokic had a game for the ages. He was absolutely dominating the Clippers all night. They were lost. They had no idea how to cover him. They even put Kawhi on him for most of the fourth quarter, and Kawhi couldn't do anything with him for the most part. Um, I thought the Nuggets just like were hoping. The Clippers were missed shots down the end, in which they did. They missed shots. They couldn't. They could not figure out a way to hit that one momentum shot. Uh, Marcus Morris had that one three pointer from the wing. That if that had gone in, who knows? Jamichael Green had a couple plays that were kind of the same nature. Paul George, just I mean, dude, give it up. You're not a number one. You're probably not a number two. But if that guy decides to be a number three somewhere, that team could be great. It's just, I don't want Paul George taking a, a shot, a big shot in any moment. He's, he, I know he had some issues, um, mental health issues in the bubble, as I'm sure a lot of players are having in that isolation, but Paul George, man, you gotta, you gotta be tougher mentally in those games. It's one thing off the court, but on the court, you got to figure out a way to deal with it, man. Off the court, I have all the sympathy in the world if you're going through some stuff. But basketball's got to be your sanctuary, in my opinion. You know, I, I'm I'm somebody that always struggled with some um, anxiety and things like that off the court. But when it was time to play on the court, I brought it most of the time. But there, I'm not sitting here and saying I was the most mentally tough basketball player that ever played my brother was probably the most mentally tough basketball player that ever played there were moments where I let my off the court um mental health issues affect the way that I was playing on the court not always but there were some times and Paul George man I see that in him he's just he's crumbling and expecting that avalanche to come and Kawhi you could see him every time Paul George took a shot it was like he was hoping. He's like, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one. It never was. Kawhi didn't play great either, but Paul George, I'm sorry, man. You're a number three. You're not a number one. You're not a number two, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the Clippers gave up everything to get you. All right. Let's get into this box score. So let's first look at the Celtics. My dog is licking himself right now. I got to tell him to stop. Blaze, enough. All right. So Jason Tatum, let's start with him. Four for 12 from three. Six for six from the line. 14 rebounds, five assists, three steals, two blocks, plus three, 
30 points. I, I had no problem with how Tatum played. I thought that was one of the best games he's played all playoffs. We'll get into that last shot and whether or not that was a good decision in just a minute. Thank you, ESPN box score. I don't need to hear you at all right now. All right. Uh, Daniel Tice, 35 minutes. Three shots, which I'm okay with. Plus 12. Yeah, Tice was great, man. Tice was great all night. Kemba, 43 minutes. Six for 19, one for nine from three. Kemba's, Kemba's got to be able to hit those open threes, man. If if he hits two of those off-the-catch three-pointers, we win the game. He's three for nine. He's eight for 19 instead of six for 19. I feel a lot better about Kemba if he's shooting at least 30, 30 to 35% from three. He can't be shooting one for six, one for seven, one for eight, one for nine every night. Kemba's got to be better from three. I think that's the if, – if Kemba starts hitting some three-pointers, I think that will open up a little bit more of his offense. So let's look for Kemba in game two to just get going early. Let's not try to get Marcus going. Marcus is going to be fine. Let's get Kemba going early. Let's get him some easy shots, Brad. You can figure it out. I know you can. Marcus, nine for 18, six for 13 from three. You know, six for 13, I can't argue with that. It's just if that was six for 11 – where a couple of those heat check shots, he moves the ball. I, I would much prefer that. Um, even one of the even one of the three pointers that he hit in the second half, it he hit the shot. It's just he had Kemba open on the next pass, and I, I think Kemba had just hit a shot and was starting to maybe get going. And Marcus just he was in his own head that he was going to win the game by himself tonight, and I don't think it's a it's a coincidence that the Celtics went on the big run at the end of the third quarter when he was on the bench because the ball was in the hands of Kemba and Tatum in that stretch, and that's where we need the ball. Love you, Marcus, but chill out just a little bit. Jalen, 6 for 14, 3 for 4 from 3, 2 for 2 from the line, minus 6, 1 steal, 0 blocks. And Jalen, Jalen's got to be better. That was, an, that was an efficient game. I didn't hate the way Jalen played, but normally you feel – uh, Jalen's presence more on the court, and tonight you just didn't really feel it from him. He was he was floating uh, in and out of the game a little more than I'm used to. In the first quarter, I thought Jalen came out super aggressive. He was attacking off the catch. He didn't settle for anything, and I loved the the force that he was playing with. And then I don't I didn't see him do that the rest of the game. He had that one play where he was uh, he drove baseline and got met at the rim by Adebayo. Then he had another play where I think Crowder got a hand on his drive. He blew by Crowder, and Crowder made a great defensive play um, where Jalen was about to go up and yam it, and Crowder reached in from behind and knocked it away. But Jalen's got to be better, man. we got to put him in more positions where he can drive off the catch just like the first quarter because I think we're, we're, we need to, to break down that defense more than we did. It didn't look like we were driving to get to the rim. It was like we were driving to get paint touches rather than driving to score and then adjusting when the defense comes over. So hopefully the Celtics drive to score a little bit more, and once once we get the defense to cave, we can start kicking out. The drive and kick game is great, but I want to drive to score before we just drive for a paint touch. All right. How'd our bench do? Oh, Brad Wanamaker. Wow. What a game for Brad Wanamaker. Three for five uh, from the field, five for five from the line. Six assists, five steals, minus five overall. But the way that Kemba was playing, the Celtics may have been better off playing Wanamaker 
five more minutes and Kemba five less minutes because Kemba played 43. I think um, Wanamaker, Brad's been sticking with him all year. And the reason Brad's been sticking with him is because he provides that steady, switchable, strong game. And Wanamaker balled out in game one. And it's a shame that we we, we wasted that. Because you're not going to get Wanamaker with five steals probably the rest of the series. That That's a that's probably his best performance of the playoffs. And we wasted it because we couldn't hang on to a lead. Okay, going over to the Heat. Dragic, 29 points. Man, he was great. Dragic is, is playing like a fully realized dragon right now. He is Charizard. He is not Charmander or Charmeleon. Goran Dragic is Charizard right now. Crowder, Crowder telling me to shut the fuck up. I'll tell you that. You know, I, I haven't watched enough of Crowder in the bubble. I saw all the numbers and I was like, but it's Jay Crowder. At the end of the day, it's Jay Crowder. We watched him for years with the Celtics. And he's a solid player, but seven for 11, five for nine from three with a steal and two blocks. I thought Crowder played really well. I was more scared of Iguodala getting more minutes. But Iggy only played 15 minutes and didn't really have an effect on the game. I was wrong. Um, I'm okay to admit when I'm wrong. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Buckets down the stretch, man. Strong. Next time, Brad, let's put Marcus Smart on him. And Bam Adebayo. Eight for 11 from the line. That's big. I think he's like 85% uh, in the bubble. 18 points, plus 12, two blocks, the biggest block of the game. Now let's get into the last stretch. I was having a big argument with my friends in the Celtics boys chat over that last possession. First of all, we were lucky to be into that position because Marcus drew that bullshit foul call. I don't think that the ref should have called that. Marcus flopped on that, in my opinion. So Celtics tie the game, and in that case – Here's what you do. But I was arguing with my friends. They were saying, why don't you run a play? Why don't we run a play? Well, I think we did run a play, right? We got a switch so that Tatum Tatum would have the secondary defender on him. I don't think we wanted Jimmy Butler on him. I haven't gone back and watched this play, but what I remember from this play is that uh, Kemba and Tatum ran a little action to get Derek Jones onto Tatum. So we get Derek Jones onto Tatum. That's a play, in my opinion. That's a strategy. Get their best defender off of Tatum. So we do that. Now, Jones is a good defender, but he'd been cold. He had only played, let's see, Jones played six minutes all game, right? He was a minus eight on the night. He didn't play well. So we get Derek Jones on Tatum. And now it's Tatum. What do you want to do? You're our best player. Take us home. On that side of the court, Tatum's go-to move is to do a step-back three-pointer. He does that, what I call, I call it the jump-back Jimmy. You go left to right through the legs, you plant off that right foot, you jump back into a three-pointer, okay? It's the James Harden shot. It's the uh, Derrick Rose shot, but he did it in the mid-range. It's a good shot, in my opinion. Tatum, Tatum hit it over Olenek earlier in the game. I believe he hit the same shot in the first quarter as well. I have no issues with Tatum deciding to shoot that shot because that tells me Tatum believes in that shot. 
It's the same thing Celtics fans need to think about with Paul Pierce at the end of the game. Whether or not you like it or not, Paul Pierce was getting the ball at the top of the key, and he was going two dribbles to his right, step back, elbow jumper. It's it's probably an easier shot than the one Tatum shot. But that was Paul's shot. Also, think back to a big moment in uh, Paul Pierce's career. Basically, what Tatum shot was the the Pierce on Harrington shot, right? It's a big balls moment where Pierce and Harrington are talking to each other. It's the same move. It's just a little bit more rhythmic than what Paul did. Now, I could see Tatum trying to drive on that. But if you if you pull that play up, I don't necessarily know where he drives. He's on the left. He's on the left wing. There's Jimmy. From what I remember, there's a, there we're five out. So there's a guy in the corner. If he drives to his left, he's going to draw two, and he kicks the ball out to three. If he drives to his right, Jimmy Butler's in help. And I, I personally would rather have a guaranteed rhythm shot from Tatum than driving into the teeth of the defense and potentially turning the ball over because Tatum doesn't get any calls and having the Heat get the ball back with three seconds left with a chance to win the game. I'm okay taking the ball, taking the clock down to the end of the clock right there and letting Tatum make his decision. Could he have decided to shoot a different shot? Of course he could have. But to me, the strategy is put the ball in the hands of your best player and let him shoot the shot he wants to shoot. And it seemed like with 20 seconds left, when Tatum gets the ball, he knew, I'm shooting this shot. Jones played off of him. If Tatum had had drove into Jones, maybe there's something different that happens, but I'm okay with it as a coach. You can disagree with me all you want, but there was a strategy. Give the ball to your best player, get the switch, and let him make a decision. All right, that's enough on game one. Game two, what can the Celtics do differently? Well, the, the Miami Heat zone really gave us an issue, and that was something we we were worried about because that zone will allow them to play their shooters a little bit more. Um, it takes us out of our rhythm. It shuts down Kemba. And y'all, if you're yelling at Kemba, look, Kemba didn't play well, but you can't expect Kemba when they trap a pick and roll to do anything but make the right play, which is to draw two, back both defenders up a little bit towards half court, open up a passing lane and move the ball. The issue is Kemba's so small is that when he draws two and backs up, when he goes to make that next pass, it's just a little bit off time, off target, rather than Stevens is on time, on target. And it allows the defense to rotate just a little bit. So Kemba's got to be, if I had to say one thing Kemba needs to be better at, is when he draws two, he needs to make a better pass to to the first, to the outlet man. And if he can do that, I think that will open up a few more things for the Celtics. But they're, they're blitzing the pick and roll and they're trapping the pick and roll. So Kemba's got to get rid of the ball. And Kemba's got to do a better job in isolation situations of taking Dragic and taking Hero off the dribble. He couldn't get by anybody last night, and that, that's a problem. We need Kemba to uh, 
make the better pass. He needs to hit open three-pointers because they're open. He's wide open on his three-pointers. And he needs to just be better, man. Kemba, and he, he knows it. He needs to be better. The Celtics were lazy getting back on defense four or five times, maybe even more than that, most notably that hero three-pointer. So I think one of the issues is cross matches. So a cross match, for those of you that you know are wondering what that is, that just means the guy who's guarding you is not the same person as the guy you're guarding. So in transition moments, you're you're next to the guy that was guarding you and you have to get back on defense but then you have to scramble to find your guy who's not right next to you so in moments like the end of the game where hero pulls up for that three-pointer that was a huge shot by hero i believe that came out of a cross match where the celtics were were scrambling to find their guy and for a split second hero hero loses his man and pulls up for three i need to go back and watch that play but that's what i saw well that's it for this episode of the celtics noise podcast thank you for listening make sure that you hit subscribe and tell your friends about the pod we're gonna have a few more um instant reactions the day after the games we'll have a full-length pod with will weir after game three let's hope we get gordon hayward back on the court as soon as possible go seize i got celtics winning game two we're gonna adjust we'll be all right We're not the Clippers. Increase.